here we are again, week nine of Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I'm your host, Tammy Riley, and I'm really looking forward to sharing my friend, Kathy Regelman from Catalina's Bakery in New Haven. It is a sweet treat for all of us this week. She has lots of little gems to impart on us. For those of you who are busy and stressed and living the majority of your lives online, and also for those who are not, as Kathy herself is busy maintaining her life in her fitness career, as well as running a bakery and having to be hands-on in the kitchen and at the counter. So check us out, tune in, and find some tips for living your best self. Welcome back, friends, to Living Well While Living Online. I'm your host, Tammy Riley. Very excited to share my friend, Catalina Regelman, with you today. Um, We we do get to call her Kathy, which is a little bit shorter for me, at least on the podcast. So thank you for that. But Kathy and I have um, crossed paths more recently, although... I, I knew her name and knew of her. We've, we've traveled in the fitness industry for a while. And when we reconnected through the spinning program, actually, I was just so taken by all that she does. Like she's an incredible human. She owns a bakery and she'll describe to us what life is like with that. She's a fitness professional and has been for a really long time. And I just admire in, in that realm, her coaching skills and her attention to detail and her her constant drive to be better, which is just so impressive. So Kathy, thank you so much for your willingness to be here with me today. Well, thank you. That's a great introduction there. <laughs> Well, it's true. As the as the owner of the podcast, I get to have conversation with people that I'm fascinated by, inspired by, and that I, you know, just want to share with with the world, you know, with everyone else. And it's interesting because, you know, you do live um, a different life than most people because you're going to bed when the rest of us are sort of like hitting that midday slump and getting ready to go home and we're so excited and you're like, yep, it's about three o'clock, it's time for bed. So um, so it's very interesting. I, I feel like you don't get to, you know, interact with the clientele that's at the gym late night or up late night. So very different uh it's scenarios for the for the two of us, or even for most people, I would guess. That's true. Well, I, I uh, definitely fascinate a lot of people that at least come into the bakery when they <laughs> find out that my day starts at midnight, um, <laughs> and I head home at three to eat dinner and in bed by five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So midnight. So maybe you could just describe to the listeners a little bit about, you know, your your life, maybe your history, what led you to even open a bakery and how that's maybe connected or not connected in your fitness world. Just any anything you think we should know before we really kick off the conversation. Sure. So I am the original owner of Coffee on Audubon Street in New Haven, Connecticut. And that mm. opened early 90s, 91. It just turned 27. So whatever the math is there. Wow. And so when we were opening, when we were, my business partner and I were thinking of opening coffee, I came up with this brilliant idea of we should bake on the premises. So when people walk by, the smell would intrigue them to come in. And she was like, sure, but who knows how to bake? 
So I decided to take on that project. And for some reason, everything I touched came out incredible. So I, which I can, which I can attest to because I've had your products and they're amazing. Well, thank you. Um, so yeah, so I became a baker when I owned coffee. It was never in my realm of imagination that I would ever become a baker. Mm-hmm. I had just come home from Boston. I had gotten my teaching degree in early childhood ed and daycare specialist from Wheelock College. My mom had just passed away, so I came back to Connecticut to be with my dad and actually started, um, was going to start at Southern to get my master's in human performance and met this girl and said, let's open a coffee shop. And I'm like, okay. And that's what we did. Um, I love it. Yeah. And along the way, I ended up getting pregnant, had a child My business partner moved back to Louisiana, and I stayed home and raised my son. And then I opened, when Zach was five, so that was 20 years ago, I opened another little place in Fairhaven by the name of the Coffee Pot. And that was on the Grand Avenue Bridge, and that was fun. So my son didn't get up at midnight, but we did go to work together because I'm a single parent every day at 3.30. Wow. So would start his day bright and early, bacon, talking to customers. Um, and then that didn't make it. And so um, I closed that and went back full time into fitness and nannying and did whatever I needed to do. I've never been a traditional human when it came to the work world. And then when the cupcake craze came into town, I decided that I wanted to be the first cupcake store to open in the city of New Haven. Okay. So, Interesting. And that's what I did. I I wrote a business proposal. I started it. I didn't, st- you know, I just walked away from it. And I was actually getting ready to become a full-time personal trainer at Yale University because they were just launching their program And I've worked there on and off for the last 19 years of my life. And so I came across something. I don't know if it came into my email, which I think it came into my email um, about uh, an informational session with the Community Economic Development Fund. And I said, oh, let me go listen. And it got me really excited about opening my business again. And so I went home and I fine-tuned my numbers, fine-tuned the business proposal, submitted it. And uh, in October, I was approved. And exactly one year later from getting the letter that I was approved for the loan, I opened my doors to Catalina's Bakery, Hmm. which leads us to here today. So nice. And then, but along the way, and I love that you said that, you... Fitness has always been a passion of yours, so you've stayed with your hands in fitness teaching. I mean, it was a multitude of things. I mean, back in the day when you and I started, we taught whatever came our way, step aerobics, high-low, you know, whatever they threw at us. We were like, okay. Um, And I think now as you become, I'm going to say, a mature fitness professional, we gravitate to teaching what we love and what we're passionate about. Would would you agree? Absolutely. So I became involved in the fitness world when I turned 18. Wow. My parents 
I, like most teenagers, was a lunatic and drank too much. And so my parents thought I had a drinking problem and put me in a rehab center for 30 days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was actually super fun. And, you know, was I an alcoholic? You know, who knows? I was 18. And being 18 is rough at any time in our lives. But listening to people who are now my age and how they ruined their lives, their children's lives, their marriages, because they needed to be drunk, I made the decision to never pick up a drink again. And coming out of there, I've lost, I lost like 35 pounds from just not drinking. Wow. I had so much energy and was just a very feisty human that my dad kind of brought me to work with him. And he played handball every day at the New Haven YMCA. So I started doing the Nautilus room when that first (laughs) happened. (laughs) Oh my God. I so remember the space. (laughs) And then I decided to go to Boston and he was like, no, I'm not paying for you to have a membership at five gyms. So I became a certified fitness instructor. So I got to go to, you know, work at gyms, but also, you know, get memberships for free. And like we said in the past, that's where I met Fred Hoffman, Sherry Caitlin, or whatever her name was. But it was the time where aerobic fitness was the peak. Petra and just all of those great people and all those conferences. So yeah, I did step. I did, um, you know, low impact, high impact on concrete floors. I wore the leg warmers. I wore the French cut bottoms. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Dating ourselves for sure. (laughs) It was part of it though, right? It was so part of that culture. It's so fascinating because it is so different when you look at what people see now where I guess they do see a lot of fitness through social media, through Instagram, and and, and everything is like sleek and sexy and the clothing is gorgeous and the people are beautiful. You know, we really did. No one looked great in, in that uh, the unitard with the right. thumb up your butt and the leg warmers and the head strap thing. Who even knew what that was? Yeah, um, we looked good. <laughs> we looked the part anyway. We looked the part for sure. Oh um, my gosh. I love that. But I, you know, I stayed with it. It was my outlet. Mm. I don't, I don't drink and I, I don't drug. And so I don't know why. I just have tons of energy. So it was a way to, number one, make money because the money was always really good. It was good to also have tons of memberships at all these different clubs and still do to this day. Yeah. That is true. People, I don't know if our listeners realize that, but usually when you're um, an instructor at a club, when you teach a a certain number of classes per week there, they do give you a free membership, which for many of us, that is one of the biggest perks because, you know, we're fitness junkies and that's what we love. We don't only love to teach, but we love the the aspect of moving ourselves. And when you teach a class, although you're working out, which, which we know and we're sweating, we don't consider that our workout because we're still, you know, good coaches are there for their students. So, you know, we need that time to ourselves as well, which is really important. So, uh, yeah. So I love that you just described that to our listeners. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and yeah. the other thing is that I also 
you know, along the way, you realize the importance that you play in the front of that class. It Mm -hmm. won't be any longer, oh, look at me. I could do this cute routine and have this cute outfit. It's now like your students are looking at you and you have the ability to either help them or really hurt them. And, you know, when that really clicked off in my head, I took my teaching and coaching to this day to the next level because our students really depend on us to help them with whatever it is they're dealing with. It could Mm -hmm. be their classes suck. It could be um, their marriage, their lives, their outlet, whatever. But it's, it's a really big responsibility to stand in front of a group of people and coach them or teach them through movement. Yeah, for sure. You become that that force, right? If Tuesday's their regular, like you're the Tuesday person, you're what they look forward to, to getting them through. And, you know, I think you don't <clears throat> sometimes realize the impact that you have on the people in the room because they're not always like, oh my God, Kathy, that was amazing. That was amazing. I'm so glad you're here, right? It's very subtle and they come back and they're smiling and they're happy and the impact um, is so huge, right? That person, that one reliable person, as you're saying, maybe you're the only constant in their life. Uh, You never know what's going on behind the scenes for the people in your class and on the other side, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, So, so, but your life, so this is what's interesting. And I know when I first started teaching fitness classes, I had been waitressing at night, making great money. And then I was teaching classes in the morning and I was struggling because, you know, you were going to bed late. I did have little kids at the time. So I was up, but it's like, you're up early and then you're teaching and you know, it's, it's a lot. So the two weren't meshing and I too decided, okay, fitness is where I'm going to lead. You know, I loved waitressing. I still love it. Like I love people. So I love that environment but I was going to move into fitness as a career. So I had to stop doing the other piece. But what I find so interesting is that you have this routine now in place, like for many years where you are going to bed in the afternoon when, when everyone else is just getting home and settling and having that second part of their life. And you know, your, your sleep schedule is different when you wake up and then you wake up and you go right from the bakery with your fresh scones to like hopping on the spinning bike and teaching a class. So can you just describe a little bit about your routine, how it, how it happens, how you maintain it? Um, yeah. Anything you can share about that? Well, I have also turned into a CrossFitter. Okay. And, you know, it's interesting because CrossFit is all about playing beat the clock. They give you a workout. You have 15 minutes or 18 minutes or 20 minutes to complete the task they're asking you to do. Well, my day starts, my feet hit the ground, and it's like, okay, what do I need to do when I walk into that bakery? Do I have cake orders? Do I have catering? What does the front of the store look like? What do I need to do? Um, During this pandemic, I have found myself um, coming back to Bible study before I leave the house. So I spend about an hour before I leave really studying the Bible. Um, so that helps me get my mind set straight and gives me the strength that I need to, to run the race that I'm running. And the minute I go into the bakery, I write a list of what needs to be done and then I go. 
Um, I know that if I want to CrossFit at 6 a.m., I need to walk out of that bakery by 5.45. And if I'm teaching spin, I also like to leave a little earlier. So by 5.30, I am walking out the door a.m. You're talking oh a.m. So I go in and it's at this point, it's, you know, it's like I take out my butter. I make a list of what needs to be done. And it's just, I go. I know that if I stop to check Facebook, that will completely mess up my schedule and it will add stress to my day. So uh, staying away from the computer while I'm trying to achieve my tasks is very important. Um, And that's what I do. And that's how I get it done. I try to get cupcakes frosted. I try to get the store front set up before I walk out the door. And by 10 after 7 a.m., I'm back and completing the morning routine in order to open the store at 9 a.m. for customers. Wow. So you go teach a class and then you go back. Correct. So if I'm not teaching, I'm crossfitting at 6 a.m. And But then, right, so it's like you've got up, you went to the bakery, you did all of this stuff, went and taught a class or had a workout or both, and then go back to the bakery by 9 a.m., right? So again, most people are like starting their day, 9 a.m. Now this is the third part of your day where you are now at the bakery and then you're there until what, about 2 o'clock-ish or something? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm there until around 2.33. Tuesday, Thursday mornings, um, because those those three days, I work the counter. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the person there. When you walk in, I help you when you walk in. Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, I have morning help. Um, this could sound crazy, but uh, I drive to Solid Core. I could drive to Westport three days a <laughs> week to go do Solid Core um, on Tuesday, Thursday at noon. And then I reconnected with the friend. So on Thursday mornings, I do spin at 6, I personal train at 9.30, and then I drive to Westport to Solid Core, and then I crawl home, eat dinner, and go to bed. <laughs> oh, my. So you basically, like, your strategy is let me wear myself out to um, to <laughs> exhaust myself before I climb into bed. Correct. But I love you. have just already hit on so many things I want to circle back and... Um, I, First of all, I, I just love that you've discovered, you know, how to get your head on straight and how to stay sane in all of this, which which really it all comes full circle. The idea of self-care where our routines may be thrown off, where the world just isn't the way it has been. And I know for you in the bakery, like right away, you know, no one is going out to buy the product like they used to. And you and I talked briefly before, and you can't just take cupcakes that you didn't sell and donate them now. Like there's different... Uh, rules and regulations. So there's so much more to think about. So everything is disrupted, but your start, the new, the new piece to your routine is the Bible study and how beautiful that you went back to something. I'm going to say simple, right. To help ground you at this time. So can you elaborate on that at all? Sure. I had a friend that brought me to reinduce me to reintroduce me to Christ 27, 28 years ago. So I've always been involved with the church. I've always read the Bible. I listen to two or three sermons a day while I'm at the bakery in the middle of the night. I will just put my iPhone on, stick some earplugs in and just listen to, you know, a T.D. Jakes or a Stephen Verdict. So I'm constantly listening to the word of God. 
but I've decided to pick the Bible back up and do it myself because it's completely different when you pick it apart and really start understanding what you're reading. Um, One thing that really helps me is my son's godfather is a pastor at my church and he gives me tips on, you know, observe the time period or observe the person who's writing, you know, the book that you're reading. Is he in jail? Is he, uh, you know, like, where are they in their walk with Christ in their experience? And so it's just really helped me a lot, you know, even more so than it, it has. It's just really helped me go back to the purity of life, of not thinking that everybody's out to get you or being sneaky or, you know, just life. Sometimes we get stuck in, you know, drama and it's like, okay, what's the purpose of this? You know, is this what love looks like? And especially, oh my goodness, with all this Black Lives Matter and all the anger and hatred that are going on in our world right now and the division between people and what really opened my eyes and this made me cry is... The reason that I opened the business was to bring happiness into people's lives. And this pandemic helped me see that because a lot of people would come and say, well, my friend is really sad, so I'm going to bring her some cupcakes because I know this is going to put a smile on her face. Mm. Or I was delivering food to nurses and, you know, from a third person that had no clue that I knew people, like, you know, they didn't know that that the story would get back to me would be like the highlight of our day is that we knew that Catalina's bakery was coming every morning at 7am and that helped us get us through our day. And it just brought everything back to why I started this bakery because in the scheme of reality, when I got my loan, I was living below poverty level. My credit score was horrible and there's no reason why I should have gotten what I got. And Yale is my landlord. And I told them that I had an X amount of money that I was allowed to spend on build out. And they ended up paying and building the space out where I couldn't afford to do it. Wow. Which apparently Yale doesn't usually do. So someone was looking out for you is what you're saying. It was definitely God's plan for my life. Yeah. So thank you for just your authenticity and, you know, it's so hard when I, when I started this, I too was like, okay, I'm not going to cry at every episode. And, but you know, there's, they are, these moments are so emotional and, and that realization, right? Why, why did I set out to do this? What was it? You know, you didn't set out to have this bakery to make billions of dollars, right? You didn't, but but (laughs) I hope not. So, but you know, that realization of, you know, bringing a smile to someone's face is what it's all about. And sometimes we get sidetracked and we forget why we started something in the first place. So how beautiful that this has been an opportunity for you to take that step back, to revisit that and to reignite your own fire with why, why this was important to you in the first place and where you were going. So, you know, as horrible as all of this is, there, there are these little silver lining pieces. I would definitely say that this is one of them for you, for sure. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Okay. So, yep. Get the tissues out. I'm going to move that away. Um, 
Yeah. And I, yeah, I love to, because we're often not always open to sharing our beliefs, right? Because we, we are all from such different places and we try to be careful. So again, just thank you for your, um, your confidence and your, your, um, willingness to just share with us everything that you're feeling from your spirituality, your religion and, and your views. And, and thank you. Cause you know, we don't, we don't always open up about that. So I appreciate it. I'm yep. sure our listeners enjoy your moments of truth. <laughs> Whoo. Okay. So we'll, we'll kind of move away from our tissues. And, um, I want to go back to a little more about the idea of self-care for you. And so I know that you are a workout junkie. So for people who don't know solid core, solid core is a very, Kathy made me go. And it was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. I want to go back, but like it's, it, you know, Westport's a little bit of a drive. That's our closest one. And it's a very intense workout. So, um, and it's so great, but so you are a worker. So I know that that is one piece. Is there something else? Well, I would imagine that you consider your Bible study and reading the Bible and, and those pieces self-care, but things that you really turn to, to, to help you show up for yourself so that you do continue to keep your head on through the busyness, like putting your feet on the ground at, you know, midnight when you get up or whatever time it is when you wake up, you know, it, that's a lot to, to get through. So what is it for you that keeps you showing up for yourself every day? Oh, goodness. Maybe a combination of lack or fear of failure if I don't do it. Um, why else? That's a good question. I know. You know. It's a routine at this point. Um, I do, again, now that I'm, a, I'm working the, with the customers, I'm really enjoying being in my bakery because at one point before all of this went down, it was, I wanted out really bad. It just oh. grind was getting to me, mm -hmm. but break um, made me realize that this is what I love. I like you. I love the people. I love touching people's lives. And, you know, I take care of myself. You know, people are like, you work out so much. And I'm like, yes, it's true. You know, spinning is a paycheck and a free membership. CrossFit is a social hour for me. So mm -hmm. I go to see the people and to laugh and to be a part of a community that kind of struggles through movements together. And then solid core I do for myself because it is so hard that it gives me the strength that I need to keep going. Mm, interesting. Cause you like a challenge. I think I like it. Yes. I do like the challenge, but I, I think because my life is so hard that it makes me stronger. Ah, I can do hard things, right? It's like that, um, you know, if I can do this, like I can do anything type thing. Yeah. And the another thing, which is kind of backtracking a tiny bit, is, you know, with all these weird hurricanes and storms, you know, the one thing I've noticed is these ginormous trees hmm. that have been uprooted. And I think the the intensity of my Bible study has become more so because I may be physically strong, but if a wind can knock over a tree, 
that is ginormous and rip it up by its roots, what good is it? Mm. You know what I'm it's like you may be, I, I may be physically strong and I'm definitely mentally insanely strong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> because it's really mind over matter. But the Bible study is helping me make my roots stronger. So when that intense wind comes at me, it may sway me, but it's not going to uproot me. And with solid core, I think because it's working in the core is also helping me stay solid and grounded. So when life is going to come at me, as it always does, because it's a cycle, I will be ready to take it on. Oh my God. I love that. Thank you. It's hard to get that mentality, right? Because we do, we, we, we can, woe is me. We can say, oh, now it's this and oh, now that, and now I have this, but to sort of brace yourself and to maybe be prepared, like it, the next thing is going to come. So what can I do to not be completely thrown off course, to be completely uprooted, to topple over where I'm no good to anyone? Um, you know, that intentionality of, I guess, keeping your strength and staying grounded. That's, that's so sweet. God, I love that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do have moments where, you know, I'm like, oh my God, this sucks. And can I make it? Will I make it? There are moments, I mean, these past few months have been intense and insane. And it's like terrifying at moments. I'm like, I have just devoted nine years working over a hundred hours a week. Will I withstand the test of this pandemic with my business. Right. And I refuse to fail. You know, and the other thing that I have to say to myself, which isn't as easy, is even if this does close, I did not fail. Yeah. That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes, again, so, so many things. First of all, um, you know, the, the title of our podcast, right? Living well while living online. So you're not completely living online, right? The things that you do ha haven't shifted, right? So you're not all of a sudden doing all of your bakery online, but you no. have this extra, this whole extra layer of this is your livelihood and can this survive? So, you know, the stress of all of this, it might be coming at you from a different way than I guess what I'm traditionally discussing with many of my guests. But that is why one of the reasons why it was really important for me to have you on here, because as a small business owner, this is huge, right? This is impacting you in a way um, that we we sometimes forget about the small little bakeries and the little coffee shops and the you know the small little things. So that that idea that you know your terrifying moments and your energy sucking moments are completely different than many of the rest of us. So um, so yeah, I I want to acknowledge all of that that you're going through and to make sure our listeners you know remember those small little things and it's it's not easy. So how beautiful that Yale is working with you. It's nice to hear that you have a landlord that is compromising with you and looking for your success because we don't always hear that out there. So that's very heartwarming. Yes, it's been incredible. Yeah, and I think they also see me working as hard as I do. Right. They see you investing in yourself and they want to invest yeah, back. It, you. Yeah. They just, they, they see that, you know, oh, she's not a slacker. Like she's hustling to make this business work. And then the other thing that you said that was just so profound was, you know, if for some reason, 
right? This doesn't work out the way I want it to. It's not because I failed or not because I didn't try. And what a, what a gift to give to yourself to say that because I think we're, you know, you and I are both, you know, we want to perform, we want to be perfect. You know, this is what, what we do. So your permission to yourself, like I'm going to work as hard as I can. So at the end of the day, I can know that I did everything in my power and and not beat myself up. And that's really beautiful to acknowledge, right? And to, as far as self-care and self-love, like it doesn't get any better than that statement right there. True. And the other place that I've gotten to, you know, I've, again, this has definitely helped me take better care of myself through the shutdown of the world. Um, Because I used to refer to myself as a gerbil on a spin wheel, just running. Yes. You know, it's just, I did have an opportunity to keep working out during the shutdown. I had a friend that owns a underground CrossFit, like it's literally on the, in the basement. So people wouldn't know that I was working out, but I got to reconnect with a friend that we, because of my life being on different schedules and the rest of the world, that I got to work out with five or six times during the week and reconnect with my friend. I got to, you know, I didn't change my sleep schedule and people thought I was nuts, but I knew life would come back to some sort of normal. And so I couldn't wake up at four o'clock in the morning and go to bed at nine because that would just ruin me. So I was still waking up at one. um, But I got to reinvest in friendships that got left aside because of my lifestyle. Mm. And I got to see who was standing by my side and who was holding up me up in the times where I needed to be held because I don't ask for help. To me, asking for help is a sign of weakness. And that's wrong. I get it. But that is what I work on constantly. And this has taught me to say, hey, I need a hug. Hey, I need to talk. Hey, you know, I need this. And people actually saying, okay, let me help you achieve that here. I will give you what you need. And so that was a huge eye opener and lesson for me these past five, six months. Wow. Wow, Kath. Yeah. I can, I can see that you're definitely go, 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 go. You know, I know when we communicate in our schedules and trying to connect a few things and how busy you are, but, um, but yeah, reconnecting with friendship is such a gift yeah. and having someone to turn to. So it, it is important and it is part of our, our own self-care to have a support system, someone, right? And maybe that was something that wasn't as thriving as it could have been with, um, I guess, with your routine back back in the day. And now that you've had a little bit of time to switch, I hope, um, I'm hoping, and do you think, you know, if life over the next few months is opening up and you're, you know, back to more of the daily crazy grind, uh, are, is this something that is going to stay? Is this something, you know, that you have to work harder at to maintain? How are you feeling about that part? Uh, I, I have definitely seen with our lives, both all of my friends, my lives shifting back to not being as physically connected, but we are texting more. So I'm going to work harder to make sure I don't lose what I've gained. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm also, you know, I get a massage once a week. So that's another way that I take care of myself. And it's Friday today. This we're talking on a Friday and Fridays are my modern pizza day. So <laughs> I call in the middle of the day. So at so at five o'clock when my day is done, my pizza's waiting for me and I don't have to call 18 times to try to get through to place my order. I've learned that you call at one in the afternoon and you say you're coming at 3.30 and your pizza is waiting for you when you walk in the door. <laughs> That's so brilliant. So Pizza Fridays helps get you through. Absolutely. Knowing that and, you know, it's we're coming out of summer. My favorite thing is sitting on the beach. Mm. Um, and same, sister, same. So about eight years ago, I had a friend that brought me to a this private beach in East Haven. And I have become a part of this, this summer community. And, you know, with the flexibility of everybody this year, we got to spend a lot more girl time sitting on the beach and having conversations and just you know, the breeze, the water, the sun, you know, it's being brown and tan is amazing. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, so vitamin, vitamin D is a powerful drug. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so that's another way that I take care of myself is, yeah. you know, is, is my, my weekly massage, you know, my weekly pizza. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And there's like, this is what I love. It's simple. Like, and I think sometimes we don't, you know, we say, oh, I don't have self-care. I don't go to the gym and I don't treat myself to manicures, but there's other things that we all do. Right. So like the idea of just spending more time with a friend, feet in the sand conversation, like how yeah. epic is that to me? I agree. Like there's nothing um, more satisfying and more fulfilling than those conversations, especially when you're in an environment that's feeding your soul, right? So some people go to the mountains, but I'm like you, I'm a beach girl. So for me, I've got to have my feet in the sand. And then, you know, it's like the rest of the weight of the world just dissipates. And, and then that conversation, spending that moment with somebody that you care about is just takes it to another level. So, yeah. oh man. Okay. So I guess where I'd love to just shift now before, before we end. Um, I've been asking everybody, it's, it's a little bit wonky when it, when it comes out. So, you know, we have friends, you're a friend, you're a good friend to people in need. Like I, I know who you are as a human. If I called you and was like, Kathy, I need this. You would be there at my side. If I called you and needed support, I know that I could count on you to be truthful because that's who you are. You're authentic and you're truthful. So I know you're a good friend to people, but are you a good friend to yourself? And I, and, uh, I mean that in like your dialogue to yourself and how you treat yourself. And I know you, you give yourself these moments of self-care, but still it's another level to actually treat yourself as, as your own best friend. And do you think you've, you've managed that at this stage in your life or not? What is that saying? The battlefield is in the mind mm. and it sure is. Have I achieved that? Well, some days, yep, and some days, no. It's definitely a lot better, um, but I think I'm hard on myself, but I, I'm learning to be like, I'm doing my best. I was a very chubby child, so those wonderful memories of being tortured and called mm. 
feel. And, you know, the fun things that kids are just brutally honest and mean. Um, So, you know, I, I sometimes struggle with not liking my body, to be honest. Okay. And I have to say recently, you know, I'm, I'm hitting 60 very soon and my think, yeah, (laughs) it's like, when did that happen? But you know, my body is shifting and I will never have that 21 year old body that I once had. And I need to be okay with that. And I'm starting to be okay with that. By no means am I chubby or fat. Um, I've never had a flat stomach. I want one, but you know, it's, it's never, it's just not who I am and that's okay. Yeah. And coming to terms with that has, has been a long time coming. And, and I think actually I said this recently to somebody that it's been a long time that I actually feel physically, mentally, and spiritually strong. Mm, How cool is that? Yeah. And I know it's a momentary thing because everything shifts because you can't, it's like, you know, with every valley, there's a mountain and you can't stay in the mountaintops because if you you do, you'll never learn the next lesson. So I'm enjoying the space that I am in right now and trying not to forecast crazy. (laughs) What, um, yeah, and it's so hard. So thank you for for sharing that because it is true. I, I don't think anyone can say with 100% certainty, yes, I'm always perfect at this. And yes, I – so, you know, for me, my goal in drawing this out of you and having the conversation is, you know, we all need to be reminded like we're going to have those days where we're down on ourselves and we're not treating ourselves our best or as we would a friend. So we recognize it. And we move on from it and and we try to learn from it and grow. And for some of us, um, I guess I can look at my daughter. I think she in her, you know, mid-20s is good at that, right? So she definitely has her moments, but she's good. It took me a lot longer for the love of God, you know, to figure out how to be kinder to myself and to to not have that inner dialogue. And, you know, we do go in circles, but God, I'm just thinking how great that even if it's a fleeting moment, it, whether it's six months, two months, one day, that you feel like you're your most physical, mental, and spiritual strongest. Yeah. God, that's that's incredible. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's not easy to to do that. And we know the the wellness wheel of life is always, there's always going to be something that that starts to deflate a little bit and needs a little more attention. But when you have that that moment of synergy and and you feel like it's going your way that's super powerful and yeah try to hang on to that (laughs) (laughs) trying trying (laughs) oh my gosh um kathy thank you so much for all of this conversation for everything you just were so honest and shared and i just really appreciate that in you and as i said i i just admire your hard work and it's it's not easy to have the routine in place that you do and to be so dedicated to it for the business and it is just easy to shut the alarm clock off and and shut it off and you've really figured out a way to keep yourself going so um i just wanted to acknowledge that in you well thank you yeah 
Well, I appreciate you taking time to spend with the listeners and they can all stop by for one of your delicious cupcakes or scones. Her scones are amazing at Catalina's Bakery and we will have the information um, posted online as well. So you can stop by if you're in the area. Kathy, thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you. It was fun. Thank you again, friends, for spending time with Living Well While Living Online and me, Tammy Riley. This podcast is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. A big thanks to the team, Michael Bachman, the producer, David DeRoche, the executive producer, and Heather Popovics on social media, as well as Scott Holmes for his theme music, and to my fabulous guest. To learn more about our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. And you can listen to all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at QU Podcasts. And feel free to send an email to us at QUPodcasts at QU.edu. Next week's episode is with Elizabeth Lenart, fitness professional and grace all around. She is so thoughtful and she will share her strategy of identifying obstacles so she can move around, over, under, and through them. Tune in next week for another inspiring conversation and to meet my beautiful hearted friend, Elizabeth. Until then, be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your best friend.